Come on, come on, let's have it! Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle Podcast with your hosts, Callum Webber and Jacob Ingamgore. Yes, the fucking boys! We are back with another episode on the Freedom Lifestyle Podcast yet again. We're, uh, we're actually sober today, fully enough, but um, today's a very good podcast because today is all about Mr. Callum Webber, so we're going to uh, get real in nitty gritty with the value he's got to give from his side of the coaching, and hopefully at some point we'll give him a, a bit of a grilling. <laughs> so without further ado, Mr. Webber, just to, um, just to shout you out a bit, mate, you've actually genuinely changed my life. Like some of the stuff you've done, I've learned a shitload from you. I wouldn't have gone out with to Mallorca without you. Like you've changed my life, man. You've invested heavily into your personal development. You're, you're an absolute lethal seller. Um, you're a lethal coach in general in terms of high performance um, and everything, really. So without further ado, these guys might have heard it a little bit, but I want you to just touch a bit on your story and then I want to get you right into the thick of it. Wow, Jacob, I really appreciate that, bro. And mate, you've changed my life as well. So it's it's mutually beneficial. And that's the power of getting around the right people because not only can they change your life, but you can also have a huge impact on other people's lives as well. And it's it's it, there's no better feeling than hearing that of someone saying that I've changed their life. Like I'm really grateful for that. But obviously a lot of listeners here probably heard my story too many times. However, um, I'm going to flip back to obviously before I went to university, I was um, at sixth form and I was unsure whether or not to become a a banker at at Lloyd's Bank on an apprenticeship or go to university and study business. I always loved business when I was younger, um, but I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do when I left school like a lot of people end in school and not really having a clue of their purpose and what they're going to do afterwards. But I decided to go to university because quite a lot of my mates were going to university to to the same one as me to Plymouth. And not only that, I wanted to prolong working. That nine to five life, it just really didn't appeal to me at all. So I made the decision and I went to university. I was at Plymouth University for three years from 2016 to 2019. Fast forward three years, I studied business. I got in 50 grand debt, which is actually has interest on. So that I don't even, I haven't even looked. I don't even know what it is now, but it'd be more than 50 grand. But the thing, the criminal thing about the whole thing, I didn't learn one thing. Like that phrase to me has stuck with me now forever. And it's always going to stick with me. And I'm actually so happy that I didn't learn one thing because that is the exact reason why, Jacob, we are doing exactly what we're doing. The reason why I've invested so much since I've left university is because that investment I made at university was an absolute waste of money. It was a trap. It was a time killer. And quite frankly, it is just an absolute con. So I'm so against universities for business. So I I feel so sorry for so many people that go to university for the education and, and, you know, they stay at home because the only benefit I got from university was the lifestyle, was living away from home, meeting loads of new mates, which was amazing because obviously that is good because you get around new people. It's good for connections and stuff. But in terms of actual business, the reality of it is I sat there one day in a lecture and thought, this guy is an employee um, and he has just literally learned what I've learned and now he's just telling me what he's learned from the, from the business books at it. school. Yeah. Exactly that. It's the same old, it's it's just 
a load of shit in a book that doesn't really have any experience from the, the real life business world. However, while I was at university, I did get three summers off. I got four months every summer. So rather than going home, getting a normal job, like a, a lot of people I knew did, I went out and worked in Mallorca. I booked a one-way flight in 2017, it was. And this completely changed my life, this decision. This is where I found my passion for sales. I went all in on a ticket-selling job, selling boat parties, pool parties, bar crawls on a commission-only job. And it was something that I've never really experienced before. So when I first started, I was pretty shit. I was scared to approach groups. I was, you know, I didn't really know how to sell. I didn't know how to close. So, you know, I was struggling, only making like, a bit of money to get me by. And I can remember, I started to get at the hang of it. And I I can remember I made my first 50 euros one day and it doesn't sound a lot, but when I was 19 and it wasn't like a salary, I was absolutely buzzing and I just kept at it. And then it got to a point where there was days where I was making four, five, 600 euros. And that was like when I was like younger at university and I was just absolutely buzzing. And not only that, I was out in the sun and that's where I found my other passion of, of, of living abroad as well. When I finished university, when I graduated, rather than getting a grad job, I I did a third season. I saved 10 grand in a summer and I literally went and traveled all winter. I went India, I went to Thailand, I went to some ski festivals, Amsterdam. It it was a crazy, crazy winter. And I was going to go back and do a fourth season. Me and my best mate, Adam, we bought a car and we're going to drive all the way to Spain and do a fourth season. But then obviously the lockdown happened. I got back from Thailand and two weeks later, I was stuck at my nan's house with no money because I spent it all in winter. I literally didn't work all winter and I was just traveling. So I had no money. I had no job and I didn't know what I was going to do, like whether I was going to be able to go back to Mallorca. But obviously I ended up being in England for two years and which was when I, when it first happened to me, I started thinking, why me? Poor me. Um, I ended up working at Amazon because I needed a job. I was packing boxes. I literally felt like an elf just in this Amazon warehouse with no fucking daylight. I was like, I've gone from, uh, you know, getting a two one in business management to doing three seasons to, to travel in Thailand and India, living it up to now packing boxes. I was there like, what is going on with my life? But I turned that negative into a positive and I made the decision that I was going to stop drinking alcohol and I didn't actually touch a a drop of alcohol for 10 weeks. And during that time, I was just smashing podcasts, smashing audio books while I was at Amazon as well, really utilizing my time. And I got my love for, for education back because I didn't like education at school and obviously university, the education was awful. And then I started to realize how powerful podcasts are like these and obviously podcasts like I was listening to Grant Cardone, Ed Milet, and many, many more podcasts. And I saved up enough money to go uh, to Bali and I booked a one-way flight to Bali. And then that got canceled because of COVID. And I thought, fucking hell, am I going to be stuck in England forever? But because I had all that money saved up, I made the decision and I I put three grand into a Grant Cardone investment for a year. It was a year long course. And this this decision completely changed my life. I went all in on learning how, how to sell, how to run a business, how to market. I just got absorbed all my free time rather than going out and getting pissed. I was just spending learning. I was just constantly learning which then led me to be like, okay, so if I'm going to stay in England, I can't go back to Amazon. So I searched up like high high uh, commission sales jobs in the UK and I found Project Solar. And Project Solar was 
that my first experience of selling high ticket because in Mago it was low ticket, like, you know, 50, 60 euros for events. Whereas selling solar panels and a battery was between 10 to up to 20,000 pound. My biggest sell was like 20, 22,000 pound um, was the investment. So obviously this was, a you know, a completely different um, type of sales experience. But I soon realized that a lot of the skills I learned from Magaluf like for selling 50, 60 euro things, I used to sell 15 grand, 20 grand investments, which was mental because I went from earning like 10, 20 euro commission to earning like 1,000 commission. My biggest commission I made was 2.9 grand in one deal. And I thought, fuck, that's what, you know, a lot of people earn in a, in a month. That's deemed as a good salary in a, in a month. And that's when I realized how powerful it is to learn how to sell. And not only that, because you don't learn how to sell at school, at university, it makes it even more powerful. So that is why I got addicted to learning how to sell. I got addicted to psychology and I've also got addicted to energy because when you're in good energy, you're going to sell more and you're going to make more money and you're going to make a bigger impact. Mate, I fucking love that. Belter, 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 belter. Now let's get into the thick of it, right? So Obviously, as we always say, you're the conscious and the unconscious. So mine's all NLP, empowered intelligence. You're more, the term we use is high performance coach. So to um, to the people who are listening right now, let's get in detail. What is it, Mr. Weber, that you do? Great, great question. So what I do is I'm on a mission to help lads become lethal sellers so that because there's such a negative connotation in sales, like sleazy salesman. But I like to say at the end of the day, right, if you want to start your own business or you want to become an entrepreneur, you need to learn how to sell. Because even even if you're like not actually like selling as a job, you know, if you want to start a business in any industry, like whether that's learning how to play the piano, art, whether that's like, I don't know, having a having a dog company, whatever company it is, you need to learn how to sell what your services are. You know, you could be the best in the world at something, but if you can't sell what you're what you're good at, then you're not going to be able to make money and you're not going to be able to make a business. And that is the exact reason why there's I don't know what the statistic is. So you can't, I'm not going to say a statistic, but there's something like a high percentage of businesses basically go out of business after I think it's like one year and then a huge percentage go after go out of business after five years and that's down to a lack of revenue and the reason they got a lack of revenue is because they don't know how to market and they don't know how to sell so that is the exact reason why i'm on a mission to help the younger generation learn how to sell not only that i'm on a mission to also help the younger generation have amazing energy as 24 7 365 days a year and i know that can be you know, I, I'll be honest and say like my energy drops sometimes, but because of what I've learned and because of the, the routines I do and how disciplined I am, I know when I'm dropping low, like dropping energy, I know what to do. Like as an example tonight, like I, before this podcast, I had dinner and I felt a bit lethargic. I felt a bit of lower energy. So I thought, oh, I've got a podcast tonight. I'm going to be doing some business tonight rather than just sitting here and then watching TV because that's going to drain my energy even more. It's, it sounds daft, but I just went out on a half an hour walk. It was pitch black. 
I forced myself to do it. I listened to some to an Ed Milet podcast for half an hour. It completely changed my state and changed my energy. And now I feel fa- fucking class. And now I'm showing up for this podcast so that we can make an impact, Jacob. So the two things that I'm mainly focusing on is sales and energy. Mate, I fucking love that. And it's like, like you said, like sales is your engine of any business that you ever run, but it's, it's what you do in your day-to-day life. You can use it in dating. I used it last night, for example. We went to the spa, and the spa shut at nine, and I'm that, that's for members, but it's stop letting people in at eight if you're not a member, because obviously I've got a day pass. It's like five to eight, and she wouldn't let me in. I was like, well, I'll be honest with you. It's five to eight. I come here all the time. Um, it technically is, is at eight o'clock. You stop letting people in. It's five minutes to, how can we possibly make this work? <laughs> Bosh, next minute I'll go through the barrier. I get in myself in. <laughs> so, oh, mate, that it's, that is a game changer, lad. Go on, bang on, like mate. That 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 happens to me on on a daily daily basis. Like with David Lloyd as an example. Yeah. Like I've been there's certain there's certain clubs I can't go in, and I actually like enjoy getting the no because like same, same. it just it it sharpens your saw. Yeah, and like just use like most people will will get a no and they'll just give up straight away. But we, me and you, Jacob, because we know how to sell, because we know how to, you know, have good energy. Like we know the right questions to ask. Like yeah, you just just be friendly. You know, good energy, and yeah. you'll get a lot more things for you in life. And who doesn't want to get what they want in life? Do you know what I mean? Like imagine going yeah. through life and just constantly getting rejection and no after no after no, and it's because you haven't learned how to sell. We just don't give a fuck, do we, lad? It's <laughs> the best way to be. Don't give a fuck. Just go in for it. But, um, right, so let's keep on the topic of sales, right? And then I'm going to ask you some questions based around energy. But for the people listening, in terms of sales, what is the number? I'll tell you what, now, nah, fuck it. Let's go for the top three things that you've learned, that you've implemented in terms of sales that have changed your life in the sales game. Ooh, that is a fucking Ooh, great, great three. question. In order. In order. Amazing. Mate, I, I'm just going to go for free. And then at, just at the end, I'll say... Just chuck it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too much to think about, man. Too much to think about. Um, amazing. So I'd say first first off is don't be scared about the price. Don't be a little yeah. bitch when someone asks you how much is your services? How much is your business? How much is that event? How much are the solar panels? Don't be a little bitch and crumble because as soon as you show a bit of uncertainty and you show the buyer that you're scared to say the price, you're going to instill fear into them. And a lot of buyers are already fearful when they're in a buying situation. A lot of buyers are actually looking for reasons why they shouldn't do this. So if you give them a bit of uncertainty, it's game over. It is game over. So yeah, my number one tip, is if someone asks you how much the price is, I complete. I always hear people say it depends. It depends, which is fair enough. It can depend sometimes. If it depends, give a range. So, as an example, you could say my services start from as little as a hundred pound, but our biggest invest investors invest fifty thousand pound with us. Like, give a range so they know like what your highest investment is and what your lowest investment is. But if it's like you know just a one a, a one fit. Um, solution and it's just one price don't be scared about the price just say it with confidence because if you say it with confidence you're then going to start giving them confidence and they're more likely to buy so that's number one number two when I first started in sales what I used to do was like as an example in Magaluf I just go straight up to groups and I just start pitching 
I just start pitching without getting to know them, without finding out what they want, you know? So the key takeaway from that is, is when you're, you know, speaking to potential buyers, find out from them, what are their pain points? What are their needs? Um, Because then you can actually, when you go to do the pitch, you know exactly how to tailor it towards them. And not only that, you're then not going to say there might be things that they that might completely put them off. Like you only need to say a few things that could put someone off. So actually getting to understand them first and then going in for for the for the pitch. So that's number two. Um, and then number three with sales. OK, so this is basically follow up. So as an example, it takes between about five to 12 touches before someone will close. So if it's the first time you've met them and you try and sell them and you just go straight in for the close and they say no, a lot of salesmen or business owners, they'll give up on that prospect, but it's because they've only had one touch. So you you need to make it a priority to follow up. Like a a huge example, Jacob, you followed me up and you got the sell with me, you know, and that was because, you know, you followed up. If you didn't follow up, you wouldn't have got the sell and we wouldn't be on this podcast right here, right now. So if you're in the sales industry or if you have a business and just ask yourself, who haven't I followed up? Who have I only asked for the close twice? No, once, sorry, or even twice. You know, some people are going to need five touches. Some people are going to need more. So just don't give up until they until they block you. Bosh. So they're yeah. my three pieces. They're my three pieces. What I've learned over the years with sales and them three pieces alone will completely change the sales game for you. Mate, love that, love that. And uh, as we know, Mister Weber, if the king or queen doesn't eat first, the kingdom will fall, my good man. So in terms of energy, what are your top three pieces of advice to create energy like that whenever you need it? For me, and this is something obviously I'm going to go in really specifically um, on our six-week course. There's going to be a whole topic to do with energy. We're going to be setting challenges. We're actually going to be setting up an accountability group as well to help anyone on the six-week Freedom Lifestyle course to actually not only learn how to create amazing energy, but to actually set challenges so they actually implement the energy tasks on a day-to-day basis with, with help of an accountability group so that they can create energy on repeat. Ooh. But the three main parts of, of energy for me is prioritizing win in the morning. Yeah. So win in the morning is, is something that has completely changed my la- life over the last two years. Like flip back to when I was at university and when I was doing seasons in Magaluf, I never won the morning. I think I must have had about three years. Well, in three years, I, I don't think I won the morning once in three years. And it's mad to think I actually made really good money uh, in Mallorca every season without winning the morning. So I thought, fuck, imagine if I won the morning for them three seasons, I would have easily doubled my money, maybe tripled, probably definitely tripled. How did you do this season knowing that you did win your mornings this time around? Do you know what? I, I at least doubled. I at there least doubled go. it from from my third season. So there, there we are. Yeah. <laughs> that that literally is is the uh, the icing on the cake. Yeah. So winning the morning is is a priority to me. 
Um, win in the evening as well. When you win your evening, it makes the win in the morning even easier. Mm. Um, and then also having energy hacks throughout the day. So I'll just go into uh, energy hacks for now. Yeah. So as an example, I did an energy hack earlier. It sounded basic, but not many people are doing the basic things. And it's like what you say, Jacob, it's the insignificant things that really change your life. So for an example, for me, I went out for a walk, even though it was pitch black and cold. I went out for a walk for half an hour with a podcast on to get me in a good energy state. That was an energy hack for me so that I could perform on this podcast right here, right now. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't have been coming on to this podcast with the energy that I've got right now. So that's number one. Another energy hack that I love to do, and I was, I'll flip back to when I was out on the road selling solar panels, the average solar, the average appointment, I was driving at least an hour in the car. And what I find when I drive like an hour, I do get a bit lethargic and tired. I've been sat down for an hour. So the time I get to the appointment and go straight into the appointment, my energy was, I used to find my energy wasn't a hundred percent. So what I used to do, I used to put the windows down and I used to do a five to 10 minute breathing exercise on XPT. And I honestly used to come off of that breathing exercise. Like I was on cocaine and I walked into that, that appointment with so much energy that it just completely changed the game for me. My cells way over doubled when I started implementing uh, breathing exercises into my, I did it before every single appointment. That's how powerful it was for me. Belter that, belter. All right, so here's a bit of a mad question for you. Something that you're aware of right now, what's the number one thing that you know yourself you've got to work on? Even when I've been back in the UK now, I've been winning my morning every day. I've been winning my evening every day and I've been doing the hacks throughout the day as well. So that's been, that's worked really well for me. And I actually literally told you today in the car, Jacob, like what I've been slacking on. And it was actually thanks to listening to an Ed Milet podcast, even though I know all the shit, like I still do slack on it. You know, we're all human. We're not a hundred percent on it all the time. Sometimes you need to hear things on podcasts like like podcasts like this and podcasts like I listen to, like Ed Milet, Grant Cardone, and it just gives you that reignition of like shit, I'm slacking here. And what I've been slacking on is I've been getting up later. I've been getting up at like half seven, eight o'clock. Sometimes I've been even getting up at half past eight um since I've been back in the UK. And the reason being is because obviously I always stick to the fact that I, I, I'm going to get up at least two hours before I need to leave the house. But because I'm not working in sales anymore, you know, we're running our own business now, Jacob. I've been just sort of like getting up without an alarm, which is amazing because I get up and it's nice not waking up by an alarm. However, it is making me lose lose a bit of time. So I'm making it a commitment now to start waking up as if I have to go to a nine to five because I want to be putting them extra hour, hours in which I've been missing out on. So that's just me being completely transparent. Nah, mate, I've fallen off the bandwagon loads of times, to be honest with you. It's um, like you say, it's it's a human thing to do, isn't it? But it's be that awareness of it and then taking action off the back of that and the accountability to it too. So um, yeah, get your ass up tomorrow, mate. That's it. <laughs> oh, mate, I will. I will. And do you know what? Because, because me and you are the way we are, because obviously we're best mates, but we're business partners. Like as an example, we've got an accountability group now for posting on TikTok because that's our new thing. We've only just started on TikTok. We're posting three times a day now. And that accountability group has been an absolute game changer for both of us, Jacob. Yeah. And that's the exact reason why we're going to have an accountability group in our six-week course as well. Exactly. Because it's all well and good knowing what to do. Like I know what to do, but sometimes you need that accountability to put you under a little bit of like 
positive pressure and it's going to make you do it. So yeah, for, for me, I need to just make sure like I just got to like forget that, you know, even though I haven't got anywhere to be like a, like a job, like this business is more important to me than a, than a job. So I need to start making sure that I'm, I'm getting up earlier um, so that I've got more time in the day to fucking kill it. Mate, love that. Absolute belter, man. Absolute belter. So, all right. So something that you're big on as well is um, obviously he's part of what we do as well, is uh, escaping the rat race and thinking big. Now, thinking big is something you've really drilled into me. Like we think, the way we think now, we're thinking fucking millions, billions, private jets, the whole shebang. And we're manifesting that and I've seen it unfold you know, beneath us with the connections we're making, the impact we're making, etc. So if you're someone who is in like a, a place in life where you are struggling for money, you know, they're in this job, they, they do feel trapped. I've been there myself. It does feel hard to kind of think big, like when you're a million miles away from it. It feels like unrealistic. I've been there. We've all been there. So for someone who's in that position, what would you say the first step is for them to get on that path of thinking big and start that 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 momentum for it? I love that. I love that. And in this, in in our six week course that we're bringing out, that's another topic that I'm doing is thinking big versus thinking small. And it's going to be the five steps to thinking big and creating your freedom lifestyle. So I'm really excited about that. But you mentioned about the first step. So the first step, and I'll, I'll actually flip back to an example of what I did. So when I was working at Amazon as an elf packing boxes, even though elf. I was earning ten pound an hour. <laughs> I was writing down these massive goals in my notebook in present tense every day. Like I was writing down, like I, I have an amazing villa in in Mallorca. Um, I drive an Aston Martin. I earn a hundred thousand pound a month passively. Like I was writing that. I was writing these goals down in present tense, and they were massive thinking while I was earning ten pound an hour packing boxes. So for anyone right now that's listening to this that, you know, is like, as an example, Jacob, what you did out on the, out on the building site, you know, grafting in, in, in this, in this horrible weather, what it is at the moment, or you're in a warehouse job or you work at Tesco's or whatever job you're in right now. If you're in a job that's not making you think big, you almost got to start. You just got to start tricking yourself, create a dream, create your dream life. And just start writing that down every single day in present tense until it becomes a reality. Just don't quit at it until you give up. And I'll give you an example of what happened with me. When I was writing that down every single day, like the compound effect of me writing that down every single day, like opportunities just started like coming my way. Not only does opportunities come at your way, like for instance, Jacob, obviously you messaged me, which has now led on to this. Because I was in that energy state of writing all these bit like thinking big, me and you just connected so well. Like me, you and Sam, like we ha- literally had a freeway call and then we literally met up a, f- a few weeks later and next minute we went to Dubai together. And it's because all three of us were big thinkers. We we were getting around the right people and then opportunities start knocking at the door. And then we ended up meeting Fraser Brooks, who literally is a multi-millionaire. So now the fact we're getting, a, I was, you know, I was at Amazon earning £10 an hour. I was writing down ultimately that I am a millionaire and next minute we're, we're, we're hanging around. We're in the same proximity of millionaires, of multi-millionaires. And when you get around people like that, that's when you start getting opportunities. That's when you start leveling up and that's when your, your life starts to change. So to give some context is think big 
what's your dream life look like? Because when you're a kid, we all used to dream as a kid. But as you get older, these dreams just they they just get they just get smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's down to like it's down to like Jacob, what you go into with NLP is down to childhood traumas. It's also down to confidence. It's down to belief. It's also down to society's uh, views. It's also down to our family. Unfortunately, you know, our family, as much as they love us, they can give us advice that's going to hold us back because they want to protect you. Whereas when you start thinking big, you start taking risks because once you've got that think big mindset and you've got like a, a mindset with you change your your money mindset. You, you operate in a different way. You start taking risks because you're not scared. You start investing in in courses like when I invested nine grand uh, into um, Elite Closing Academy. I didn't have much more money than nine grand. I pretty that's all I pretty much had. But I just did it anyway because I knew for a fact that one, I'm not scared of money, and two, I'm going to make that money back because money's printed and money's just digits. I know I'm going to make that back. I'm not going to. I'm not going to stop myself from investing in myself just because you know I was going to go like going to go skint from it because I knew in my head that the skills I was going to learn from that investment is going to be well more worth than nine grand. Belter that lad, belter. Before we wrap up, I've got a question for you, Mister Weber. What does your freedom lifestyle look like to you? Amazing, amazing. So obviously we we spoke about this quite a lot. But in terms of my freedom lifestyle for me is, I know this is quite broad, but it is generally doing what I want, when I want, with who I want. Like for me, traveling the world, but ultimately not just about me traveling the world. I want to create amazing experiences with my loved ones, like with with Ellie, with you, Jacob, with all my family, my mum, my nan, my dad, all, all my all my sib- like siblings. I, I can't wait to create amazing experiences for everybody. And not only that, for me, it's being internally free as well, what you speak about a lot. Like that's quite externally, but for me, internally free. So even if I wasn't doing all of that, just the fact of me being internally free, that I'm fucking happy of who I am, of what the mission I'm on, that's my freedom lifestyle to me, doing what I want, when I want, with who I want, but with the combination of being internally free and being happy with who I am. Mate, belt of that, yeah, you're Bob on, you, you know, like you say, there's so many people who live in this digital nomad life out in Bali, for example, but they, internally they feel like shit because they're not acting authentic, they're not being themselves, they're not being real, they're not in alignment with the purpose of whatever that may be. Um, but also, again, you may be internally free, which is great, and you feel mint inside, but you're a bit like, hmm, I'm not liking this job. I'm, you know, I don't have much time, etc. You need both, don't you, man? So, belter that, mate. Bang belter, on, belter, belter. Bang on. Well, um, we'll wrap it up here, um, mate. That was absolutely quality, and um, excited for the next one. Bish bash bosh. Let's have it. Come on, adios, Come on.